Ooh, intro music. Wow, we're really up on the production value here at the Mogfarts Podcast. Broadcasting for you from beautiful Alpine, Wyoming. I'm your host, Max Mogan. Let me bring that down a little. Hopefully, we don't get flagged for some sort of copyright infringement. I just went on YouTube and searched for royalty-free music. Picked the first video that came up and hit play. So big thanks to whoever put out two-hour synthwave mix, LA Sunset. Royalty-free, no copyright background music. Because that's given us the, uh, <laughs> the edge here at Mogfarts. Episode 7. I think we're going to call this one SOTU. S-T-F-U. State of the Union, shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn down the music a little. Of course, we don't really want everybody to shut the fuck up. But the liars, the paid propagandists, the political parasites, the big pharma shills, the pseudoscientific so-called scientists pushing the pandemic, the political scientists pushing for war, State of the Union, the vast majority of people on this planet would really appreciate it if you all would just shut the fuck up. Everybody else, keep speaking up. If you're speaking up for the right reasons, do so. Do so. I'm going to kill the tunes. Kind of nice. I got this little four track system here. Cost me 500 bucks, but you know what? It was worth it. Today's episode of Mogfarts is brought to you by my three paid subscribers. Thank you so much, you three. $260 annually. Anybody else out there thinking of subscribing, please do. Man, I checked my, you know, I don't make a lot of money. And I checked my bank balances and my credit card statements recently. and. I got to make some money. I got to make some money. I don't like being controlled by money. I don't work for money. Well, I, get, I mean, I do work for money, but I don't devote my life to money. You know what I mean? Luckily, Mike Hardiker at Mountain Weekly got me on the line to do some gear reviews. So I'm going to do that. Thank you, Mike, for that opportunity. Just wrapped up a van build with my dirtbag rigs venture. Anybody out there needs help, wants help with a... Vehicle build out. I'm happy to help you with that. I can build all sorts of stuff, you know, generalized handyman work too. I can help you with that. But really, what I would love to do is spend more time sharing my findings, thoughts, opinions, perspective with you. So remember, mainstream media specifically designed to distract us, divide us, deceive us, depress the living shit out of us, deter us from taking positive action and so forth. I'm trying to help people see through the spin. And it's amazing how difficult it is to make money at that, right? So if you feel like supporting my work, please do. Let's get into it. My heart goes out to the people in Australia right now dealing with these horrible floods. Have you guys heard about this? And uh, Canadian Broadcasting Company, not a trusted, reliable source when it comes to COVID information or Canadian trucker convoy coverage, but... I think they're doing a pretty good job covering the Australia situation. All my friends, listeners, followers, people I follow in Australia, 
Hang in there. This is brutal. Uh, Sydney preparing Wednesday for dangerous flash flooding. The record floods have claimed at least 14 lives along Australia's east coast in recent days. Um, yeah, these pictures are pretty horrendous if you're watching the broadcast. Dozens of suburbs remain flooded in Brisbane, America, Australia's third most populous city, 750 kilometers north of Sydney, after the river that snakes through its center peaked on Monday. The Queensland state capital had received 80% of its annual average rainfall within a few days. So I wish the best for y'all there in Oz. My heart goes out to you. Also to the people in Palestine, Syria, Libya, Somalia, and of course Ukraine, who are feeling the effects, the detrimental effects of the endless wars encircling the globe. You know, they make such a big deal out of the conflict in the Ukraine right now, especially here in the U.S. Western media makes such a big deal out of Russia um, and their actions in Ukraine. Yet there's no there's no coverage. There's no self-reflection on the endless war of terror that NATO countries and the U.S. especially have been waging around the world since the staged false flag attacks of 9-11. Okay, terrorism, awful. Bioterrorism, like the COVID pandemic, even worse. Eco-terrorism, using the weather as a weapon, arguably just as bad as that. Are these floods in Australia a natural occurrence, or are they an impact of weather warfare? We don't know. But one thing we do know is that humans have been intentionally manipulating the weather for over a hundred years. If you don't believe that, head on over to weathermodificationhistory.com website made by my friends, Jim Lee and Dominique Marama, two brilliant, brave trailblazing individuals. And uh, yeah, check out the timeline, study up on this stuff. Cause it's very important. Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Weather not so good for skiing here in Idaho. Uh, temps at 7,200 feet in the mountains over Alpine. Uh, supposed to hit 44 degrees Fahrenheit today, 46 tomorrow, 45 Friday, and then it's supposed to cool down again. Bummer. That's a bummer. Of course, you know, I got nothing to complain about compared to the people of Australia. But I can't help but wonder if the United States doesn't get quite as much snow, as much precipitation as it used to, and cold temps because of weather modification. I think so. Heavy forecast, not looking so good. Local news, real quick, I want to let everybody know tonight I'll be going to this uh, mountain story at the Pink Garter Theater in Jackson where my old friend David Gonzalez will be talking about the picnic. Um, the picnic, if you don't know, the Grand Teton Triathlon. David took the time to invite me personally yesterday, and that's the first time somebody has invited me personally to go to some social event in a long time. We conspiracy factualists don't get invited out on the town too much. So I will be attending tonight. If anybody wants to hang out with me, come say hi. The Picnic, the Grand Teton Triathlon, 
If you don't know, uh, I first did that with David in, I think, 2013, 2012. And David had done it the year before. He's a pioneer in the Ice Hama realm. Uh, I forget what Ice Hama acronym exactly means. But David basically, yeah, he's a probably a decade older than me. So he's maybe even older than that. The guy is tough as nails. Uh, he invented the picnic, the Grand Teton Triathlon, where you bike from the town of Jackson to Jenny Lake, swim across the lake, climb the Grand Teton, come back down the Grand Teton, which is like 20 miles round trip with 7,000 vert of climbing, some technical climbing, but not, not super difficult technical climbing. But, you know, most people bring a rope. Most picnickers do not. Then you got to swim back across the lake and ride your bike back into town. It is brutal. It is a brutal event. And I've done it a bunch of times because it's it's fun. It's fun. Just getting out there. You know, good reminder. This one came out in 2015. This article about deadly climbs, ice, and a 13,775-foot peak. Is the Grand Teton Triathlon the world's hardest triathlon? It might be. It might be. Uh, but this article, I, I like... Reminding people of this one because, uh, in fact, my friend uh, Kate Saronsky and I did the picnic together in 2014. Um, and she was the first woman to complete the Grand Teton Triathlon just a couple days before Tristan Gresko and Kelly Halpin did the Grand Teton Triathlon. No disrespect to Tristan or Kelly. They're both great people. But it's just funny how saronsky's achievement was overlooked you know there's there was a lot of coverage about it at the time saronsky's achievement was overlooked and my involvement was completely uh what's the word not obliterated completely disregarded it's like no mention of your boy moog taking part in the grand teton triathlon guiding my friend kate saronsky up there long time ago now but again, nothing but love for Tristan, Kelly, Ryan, uh, what the heck's his name? It'll come to me. Uh, all the other Grand Teton Triathlon participants over the years, Andy Barden, uh, all the other names are escaping me, and especially David Gonzalez. So tonight, 7 p.m., Pink Garter Theater. Check it out. You know, I got to go do a fun cross-country ski race. It's a tradition. With all the negative news in the world, I think it's important to focus on the positive. And one positive tradition that I enjoy every year is heading to Hayward, Wisconsin for the American Berkebiner. See, I got my Berkey hat on here today. Ski, run, bike, live. Shout out to my dad. My dad has done 41 Berkebiners. It's a 50-kilometer cross-country ski race. It is hard. I'd say it's harder than the Grand Teton Triathlon if you're actually racing it i'm still recovering from it man uh and yeah shout out to everybody that takes part in the berkey you know it's an international thing the winner of the race this year was a guy from france uh gerard agnele sorry if i mispronounced that he's from las clusas if you don't know las clusas that's where uh one of the best skiers in the world arguably the goat of backcountry free ride skiing candide thaveau is from so shout out to him shout out to matt liebsch getting eighth 
from Long Lake, Minnesota. Matt and I climbed the Grand together a couple of years ago. It's funny you go back to the the uh, uh, Berkebiner and you see all these guys you used to race against in high school and college, and it's great to see them getting after it. Shout out to Dennis Curran. I grew up uh, on the same uh, ski team with him. Great kid. Adam Swank let me stay at his place in Duluth during my short tenure at the University of Minnesota Duluth Medical School. Adam, thank you so much for uh, letting me stay at your house while I was doing that. Who else? All sorts of people. You know, it's fun to look at the people. Joel LaFrance, 25th. Joel LaFrance was my freshman roommate in college at St. John's University. Great job, Joel. 25th overall. Very impressive. Um, who else? A lot of people had good races. It's great to see. Josh Corn. Well done, Corn. Garrett Heath. Winona's own Garrett Heath, sub four-minute miler. The guy is a living legend, 36 years old now. The guy can still run a sub four-minute mile. And he just rolled up to the Berkey, got 57. Impressive. What other names pop out at me here? Jens Brabbit, Winona's own. Well done, Jens. Gets me motivated to get back in better shape, lose a few pounds. You know, I don't uh, <clears throat> I do not do too much overt training. Paul Olson. Well done, Paul. Fun fact, Paul Olson's dad uh, invented, Paul Olson from Mora, Minnesota, his dad invented the uh, microwave popcorn bag. Yeah, isn't that cool? Uh, who else do I recognize in here? People doing good. Bjorn Bator from, uh, he's a Duluth guy, I think. Good job. Nikolai Anakin from from Duluth. Russian. Nikolai Anakin is, folks, great Russian dude from uh, Duluth. They were always fun to hang out with back in the day racing. John Keen, 142. Well done, John. John and I grew up running together at, at uh, Winona Cotter High School. John went on to run at Notre Dame, very successful, still runs real fast marathons, um, and he got 142nd overall. Great job, John Keene. Me, I got uh, 350th, 351st, something like that. Good motivation to get get back in shape. But shout out to everybody that took place in the, the Berkey, whether you're racing it or just having fun with it. It's a good time. Great community. Let's look at uh, some news. We'll start off lighthearted here. Well, I mean, you know the world's pretty pretty well fucked when uh, the uh, the humorous news is a ship carrying 4,000 luxury cars sinks off the Azores. Uh, this is that ship that caught on fire a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was on its way to Rhode Island from Germany when a fire broke out. All of his crew members were evacuated February 16th, and the ship uh, sank. So that's a bummer. <laughs> that's a bummer. Uh, but just funny. Also funny, uh, Slate with the hard-hitting news. They're, uh, they're trying to shame people for having big trucks, saying how deadly they are on the road. Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think that big trucks are just fine. Big trucks. 
make the world go around. Shout out to the Canadian trucker convoy, the people's convoy here in the U.S. Heading for D.C. Why? Fighting for freedom. You like freedom, right? We all like freedom. I think it's important that we uh, remember that. Freedom is so crucial. You know, all the advancements in the world over the last few hundred years are arguably the result of freedom. When people are free to do what they want, when people are free to pursue what they desire, everybody benefits. Technology evolves, science evolves, economics evolve, uh, civilization evolves in the presence of freedom. Okay. Centrally controlled digital currencies, big pharma injection passports, social credit systems like they have in China, the attempt to spread those all over the world, the whole great reset agenda pushed by folks like Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Michael Bloomberg, unelected profit-driven, power-mongering, in my opinion, depopulationist. They're literally hurting people. They're literally killing people, and they're trying to take away our freedom. So let's keep standing up against it, my friends. This world, you know, life's pretty good. It's easy to focus on the negative out there, but life is actually really damn good right now. But it could be so much better. It could be so much better. Imagine if we didn't have to worry about wars. Imagine if we didn't have to worry about hyperinflation. Imagine if we didn't have to worry about bioweapons made with our tax dollars. Wouldn't that be great? And yeah, you know, people are not 100% pure and honorable, right? I don't have the naive, idealistic notion, no, can't we all just get along? Sadly, humans aren't a perfect species, but you know what? Humans are, uh, you can keep them in line with the truth. When somebody's doing something bad, the truth can shut them down. It can make them feel guilt and shame. It can get them locked up in prison. It can get them heavy fines. When the truth is out there, when a real media is out there, exposing bullshit and shredding the spin, seeing through the lies, calling out people who are doing fucked up shit. Things change for the better. So let's not support censorship, my friends. All this censorship is nonsense. A little personal story. I made a video about my thoughts on the Ukraine situation recently. I'm going to share a bunch of news on the Ukraine situation after a little COVID coverage. You know, it's funny. All of a sudden, COVID is not a thing anymore. At the SOTU, the State of the Union, none of the political parasites who have been pushing masks and injections and social distancing and lockdowns, destructive, dehumanizing, divisive, ineffective, unhealthy, freedom-destroying measures in the wake of the COVID pandemic, well, in the midst of the COVID pandemic, all of a sudden, no, they're not wearing masks anymore. 
they're not thinking about COVID at all. It's over. The pandemic is over, even though the jabs didn't didn't uh, really stop it. The masks didn't work. What solved it? Well, it wasn't really a big problem to begin with. It was just blown way out of proportion. Blown way out of proportion. Used to push forward the Great Reset Agenda. And people have been calling it out. Of course, a lot of people getting call, that have been calling it out have been getting censored. I posted a TikTok video a couple days ago sharing my thoughts on the Ukraine situation, tying it into the COVID pandemic and everything. And it got censored. It got 10,500 views, and then it was taken down. Naturally, I appealed that decision. And eventually, the video was put back up, which was great. But in the interim, while I was waiting, I went ahead and reposted the video with a little note on the screen saying that it had been censored. And guess what? Another 10,000 people watched the second version of the video I put up. So the attempt to censor me resulted in twice as many people watching the video and digesting that information. That's my, it was my opinion. My opinions are protected by free speech, as are yours. Keep speaking up, my friends. Share your opinion. Get in dialogue. Appreciate alternative perspectives. And if you feel so inclined, support the people that are trying to help. Okay? <laughs> it's so simple. It's so simple. Let's get into some COVID coverage now. Uh, this one I found in Naked Capitalism this morning. COVID, the virus found replicating in testes nearly a month after death. Testes found to be viral reservoir for SARS-CoV-2 replication. That's a scary thought, especially in the midst of the global depopulation agenda. Western male sperm counts down 60 to 70% over the last five decades. You can see those headlines if you search them up. I covered that a bunch of times before. And they're finding... COVID spike proteins in the testes. Of course, the spike protein itself is toxic. Um, and this is scary. Cell destruction, tissue, tissue scarring, a 30% decrease in testosterone, vasoconstriction inside the testes, as well as replicating virus. Testes may act as a viral sanctuary, according to of the study. Not good, especially when you consider that it is a, uh, you know, COVID pretty, pretty conclusively has been found to have been a bioweapon created in a Chinese lab with American tax dollars. Of course, in the midst of the whole COVID pandemic, the people that are, you know, the government agencies, the unelected deep state bureaucrats that are supposed to have our best interests in mind, like the CDC. They've been lying to us since the get-go, suppressing safe, effective, affordable, at-home, early treatments, like the Zelenko protocol, like the horse dewormer, ivermectin, and tablet reported on February 14th, so it's a little old, how the CDC abandoned science. And it goes into how, you know, scientism is not science. It's been propagandized. It's been politicized. It's been corrupted by the profit motive. I guess I don't have to say too much about that, but 
I mean, you all know that already, right? You all know that already. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't really have to read all that to you, but you should check that one out, how the CDC abandoned science. You can see I got some stuff highlighted in here, but I got a lot to cover. It's a long show. I'll read you a little. Eh, whatever. It's just, you know, I'm tired of talking about COVID, too. The key thing is the government lied. Bill Gates, Big Pharma, Johns Hopkins, Bloomberg School of Public Health, the World Economic Forum, and all sorts of people. The military-industrial complex, the medical insurance complex, they lied. People died. And it was used to push agendas that don't help out anybody on this beautiful planet we live on. The world could be so great if truth won out over deception. So let's keep speaking up. No big surprise here. The Pfizer BioNTech COVID vaccine is less effective in ages 5 to 11, according to a New York study. This was published two days ago by Reuters. Paul Offit, kind of a piece of shit, vaccine pusher, treats children like pincushions. Offit said the number of hospitalizations were too few to draw any real conclusions and that there was little information on why the children were hospitalized. He noted that protection from previous infection among the unvaccinated might also skew the numbers. Natural infection can protect against serious illness, he said. No shit. Oh, the human immune system. Turns out it actually works. You just got to take care of yourself. Diet, exercise, proper rest, lose that stress, take your supplements, you know, keep it positive, keep it light, enjoy life, don't sweat the small stuff, take care of yourself and you'll probably be okay, despite the fact that bioterrorists are plaguing our planet. COVID-19 hospitalizations are down, but nurse shortages stretch hospitals. Published by the Wall Street Journal uh, today. Yeah, I'm really timely here. You know, I'll say it again. If you're in the midst of a real pandemic, you probably shouldn't fire people because they choose not to get injected with experimental, sketchy, ineffective injections being pushed by profit-driven, power-hungry, pseudoscientific propagandists in the government and big pharma. Healthcare in this country is a total fucking sham, okay? That's why I dropped out of med school, because back then I already realized it was bullshit. Of course, in the midst of all this, Becker's Hospital Review is telling us, published yesterday, they say we can't punish our way to safer medical practices. Two experts on criminalization of medical errors. Healthcare workers are burned out and exhausted from juggling pandemic-related stressors and additional burdens linked to workforce shortages for more than two years. Yeah, because people are jaded. People are disenfranchised with the healthcare system. They're leaving because they realize it's bullshit. Even though it's a highly profitable career, people have consciences and they don't want to take part in the orchestrated murder of 
their fellow citizens. These issues pose serious consequences for employees and patients as numerous studies link clinician burnout and stress to an increased likelihood of medical errors. The full picture of how COVID-19 has affected patient safety is still unclear, but emerging data on healthcare-associated infections and other forms of patient harm suggest significant lapses have occurred amid the pandemic. Yeah, no shit, like suppressing safe, effective, affordable, early at-home treatments, like ventilators being used to kill people, like the financial incentives, the blatantly unethical financial incentives to label every patient as COVID, every death as COVID, the financial incentives to put people on ventilators, to use run death is near, remdesivir, excuse me, run death is near, aka remdesivir, as a treatment that's only used in the hospital, administered by IV when people are already at death's door. And it costs them about 3000 bucks. Of course, the ventilators cost between twelve dollars and $15,000 a day. And they don't save lives. But, oh, when someone dies, it's just it's a medical error, right? And they don't want to criminalize that here at the Becker's Hospital Review. Da, da, da. The parent jump in medical errors and patient safety lapses amid the pandemic draws newfound importance to a long-debated topic. Should medical errors be criminalized fucking absolutely new nuremberg baby let's go of course the experts say otherwise they say no you know these guys are doing their best they're doing their best when they're passing out speed amphetamine to children because of their purported attention deficits they're doing their best when they're pushing opioid painkillers on the populace, highly profitable opioid painkillers, they're doing their best when they're suppressing safe, affordable, effective at-home early COVID treatments. My friends, boycott Big Pharma. Boycott the medical insurance complex. And the best way to do that is to take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Let's go. Moving on here. State of the Union. Biden condemns Putin, projects unity in State of the Union address. Again, you can see there's only one guy wearing a mask there. In this little video they're showing, there's Biden and all his, all his buddies on Capitol Hill. Man, Biden looks like a creep. He's got some beady, dark eyes. Uh, Kalama not looking much better. Pelosi, you know. Pelosi's got good hair, I'll give her that. But beyond that, I think she, what a piece of shit. Uh, Wall Street Journal giving us some good coverage. Uh, the key takeaways from the State of the Union. Again, today's episode, State of the Union, shut the fuck up. The president emphasized the unified U.S. and world response to the Ukraine crisis while laying out his efforts to fight inflation and the so-called pandemic. Um, yeah, unity on Ukraine. You know, Biden, I listened to some of it. I couldn't stomach it all, but it's amazing how he's he's defending the constitution and pushing for unity. Of course, leading up to the midterms. Of course, politics is the entertainment division of the military industrial complex. 
what is that? Biden administration said it would join with other major oil consuming nations to release 60 million barrels of oil from their emergency stockpiles amid a price surge created by the crisis in Ukraine. Okay, they're blaming everything on the situation in the Ukraine. What else? Pandemic. It's over for now. Hopefully they don't release another bioweapon. And inflation, of course, running at a 40-year high, much higher than the 7.5% reported when you actually factor in the prices of things. You know, you go to the grocery store, food is up a lot more than 7.5%. Fuel is up a lot more than 7.5%. When I was checking my poor bank account the other day, my utility bills, good God. I had a freaking $500 electric bill last month. What the fuck is that all about? Again, I got to make some money. I got to make some money. Competing with China, midterm messaging. Okay, ahead of the midterm elections, Mr. Biden emphasized a number of issues likely to be a part of the Democratic message to voters. He aggressively defended the American Rescue Plan, the $1.9 trillion COVID relief law that passed nearly a year ago. It worked. It created jobs, lots of jobs, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're turning around on defunding the police, too. Mr. Biden also sought to highlight efforts to fight gun violence, rejecting cutting funding for police departments, an idea that had been political, politically costly for some Democrats. A sharp rise in crime in big cities has emerged as a potential flashpoint ahead of the midterm elections. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. The answer is to fund the police, he said. Okay, Joe, whatever you say. These people are so full of shit. They will say anything to get reelected. They're political parasites. Okay. It's pathetic. State of the Union, shut the fuck up. All y'all liars, Decepticons, deceivers, evil, evil people. People wonder why inflation is so rampant. Well, it might have something to do with the fact that they printed up trillions of dollars devaluing our currency. Where'd that money go? Well, most of it got laundered. Most of it didn't find its way into the pockets of the American people. You know, you got what, your 1200 bucks or whatever per person. Maybe more if you got kids, maybe less. Everybody's situation a little different. But, okay, supply and demand 101. When you print up trillions of dollars, all the dollars in existence lose value. Destroying people's purchasing power in the midst of the orchestrated pandemic. State of the Union, shut the fuck up. Pretty sure the election was rigged. If you haven't looked into it, you really should. When the corporate media says, you know, I'm not a Trump supporter, I'm not a Biden supporter, but if we want to live in a constitutional republic with democratic elections, we should probably make sure those elections are actually elections and not selections. We've entered the era of $10 toothpaste. U.S. household goods makers face blowback on price hikes. Yeah, the price of everything is through the roof. It sucks. 
Remember, friends, if you want to take care of yourself, if you want to boycott big pharma, big sick care, the medical insurance government complex, the techno-fascist bioterrorists, you got to take care of yourself. And one of the best ways you can do that, easy way, at home, first thing you can do is stop using fluoride to brush your teeth. Okay, you go to the grocery store, 19 out of 20 brands there have fluoride. Fluoride does not protect your teeth, but it does calcify your pineal gland, disconnect you from the spiritual world, makes you docile, depressed, and in fact, it contributes to cancer. So one of the simplest things we can all do right now is go to our medicine cabinets and throw away fluoridated toothpaste. Also, water. Make sure you're not drinking fluoridated water. 70%, I think it's about 70% of municipal water supplies in the U.S. have been fluoridated. Okay? We've been fluoridated as a, as a, as a population. You know, going back to the Berkey cross-country ski race. Recently, they banned fluoridated ski waxes, fluoros, fluoro ski waxes. You know, you're not allowed to use fluoros anymore in World Cup races and at places like the Birkebeiner. Why? Because breathing fluoro, you know, people waxing, breathing those fluoros is super fucking toxic. And then the fluoros, you know, to a lesser extent, the fluoros on your skis get into the water and that influences the soil and the groundwater as the snow melts in the spring or <laughs> early March, as it is right here now in Alpine, Wyoming. Major bummer, all this so-called climate change going on. But they make such a big deal out of fluoros in ski waxes and how it will pollute the environment and get into people's bodies. But at the same time, they put it in the fucking toothpaste and they put it in the municipal water supply in about 70% of American cities. Even if it does, you know, even if you shower with it or flush your toilet with it, where do you think all that fluoridated water goes? It goes back into the hydrological cycle. Okay. We're shitting where we eat. And one easy way you can diminish the amount of shit you're eating is to stop brushing your teeth with fluoride. Sanctions. This one, this one, hit. <laughs> I'm kidding, but this one's hitting hard. Russian models are, Russian models are back on only fans, fans after money scare as Putin wages war on the Ukraine. Coming from the Daily Star, published two days ago, Russians, Russia's only fans models have hit out at being frozen from their accounts after the site seemed to impose sanctions on the country. <laughs> just an excuse to show some softcore porn here. But I think it's kind of funny. Like, look at this stuff. This is this is news. <laughs> but in all seriousness, the sanctions, there are some sanctions going on. Wall Street Journal reporting yesterday the U.S. is banning Russian flights from American airspace. The move follows similar prohibitions by European and Canadian authorities. Okay. Alienating Russia, making the situation worse. Mac Rumors reported yesterday, Apple is halting all sales from online store 
to Russia. Apple confirmed that it has stopped all product sales from its online website in Russia, which means customers in Russia can no longer purchase Macs, iPhones, iPads, or other Apple devices. Attempting to make a purchase from the Russian store results in a delivery unavailable result when trying to add a product to the online cart. Okay. Alienating Russia. Interestingly, coming from Axios, updated three hours ago, the operator of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline denies it filed for bankruptcy, but it did confirm terminating employee contracts. A local official told Swiss radio broadcaster SRF on Tuesday that the company had filed for bankruptcy and fired all 106 of its employees. Uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline has been completed, but it's not in use yet. So we'll see what happens there. Man, war. War is so fucking stupid, isn't it? Again, my heart goes out to the people, not the government, the people of Ukraine, the people of Somalia, the people of Palestine, the people of Syria, the people of Libya, the people of Afghanistan, the people of Iraq, and all the people all over the world who have been negatively affected, even murdered by war over the last several decades as the endless war of terror has encircled the globe. War. So fucking stupid. Even dumber, I would argue, than brushing your teeth with fluoride. Of course, the West, the US, NATO, Europe, alienating Russia. Al Jazeera lets us know as Russia's isolation grows, China hints at the limits of friendship. And Al Jazeera is painting it like China's distancing themselves from Russia's beleaguered economy. But if you read into the article a little. You're going to go away as close ties. Beijing and Moscow have forged close ties in recent years, often aligning to oppose what they view as interference by the U.S. and its allies. Earlier this month, Putin held talks with Chinese leader Xi Jinping in Beijing, where the two leaders declared that friendship between their countries had no limits and no forbidden areas of cooperation. The meeting resulted in a raft of trade deals, including the signing of a 30-year contract for Russia to supply gas to China via a new pipeline. China's trade with Russia rose to $146.9 billion in 2021, according to Chinese customs data, although up 36% year-on-year. That figure still remains only about one-tenth of the volume of China's combined trade with the U.S. and EU. You got a typo in there, Al Jazeera, but I'll let it slide. Anyway, long story short, yeah, pushing Russia towards China. It's important to note that despite all the posturing, despite the so-called Cold War, despite the situation in the Ukraine, Russia and the U.S. have been working together on all sorts of things for a very long time. Coming from Business Insider, published yesterday, Russia said it's pushing ahead with building a massive natural gas pipeline to China as Western sanctions rock its economy. Okay, They're alienating Russia. They're pushing Russia into partnership with China 
into deeper partnerships with China. It's not going to end well for Uncle Sam. Published two days ago, Markets Insider, Russia's central bank hikes interest rates to 20% and buys gold as the ruble crashes to a record low following tough Western sanctions. 20% interest rates. Russia's got a lot of gold. People don't realize this, but Russia's going to be fine. The people in Russia are tough. Okay? The Russians are used to this shit. They've been dealing with it for a long time. Here in the U.S., you know, when you're critical of your own country, when you're critical of the government in your own country, people think you're, you know, unpatriotic. Or you're dividing people. But no, it's important to note, those of us that speak up, most of us, we love our country. We love the people here. We want things to be good. But we see the leaders, the so-called leaders, doing the dumbest shit imaginable, right? Endless wars of terror around the world, fucking dumb. Blatant political corruption, fucking dumb. Uh, you know, just printing our money into valuelessness, dumb. A media that lies continuously, politicians that lie continuously, dumb. A civilization that puts power and profit above people. A, a civilization that puts wealth over health. A civilization where the rich get richer and the poor get fucked over and out. It's dumb. Those of us calling bullshit are not the problem. We're trying to be part of the solution. We're trying to make things better. And we're trying to keep the United States from going down the road that pretty much every empire has gone down throughout human history where corruption and greed and deception and what else laziness lack of imagination stagnant thinking um inertia the law of diminishing returns call it whatever you want murphy's law but throughout history a lot of other empires, I think every empire, the British Empire, the Mongol Empire, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the Soviet Union provides a recent example. They kind of all have gone down the same road. Greed, corruption, deception, lack of imagination, stagnation leads to their fall. And I don't want to, I don't want to live through that. I would prefer it if America would just, you know, accept its role in the world and try to, you know, try to make things better. And that comes through the truth, which is what we're trying to do today. Consortium News, the consequences of humiliating Russia, published two days ago. Uh, Consortium News, uh, it's worth a, worth a read. Gets you thinking. Rest in peace, Robert Perry, founder of Consortium News. Died in 2016. This is written by Michael Brenner. And he makes some good points here. I'm just going to read you the last couple paragraphs because it uh, gets you thinking a little bit. You know, I think the I think Russia and the U.S. are uh, allies to some extent. But 
we uh, blah 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 I'm not going to read you that one check it out if you want to I read it it's a good read Chris Hedges over there at Sheer Post published uh, about a week ago Chronicle of a War Foretold it's important to note the situation has been brewing the situation in Ukraine went hot back in 2014 read you a little excerpt from Chris Hedges the conflict in Ukraine echoes the novel Chronicle of a Death Foretold by Gabriel, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. In the novel, it is acknowledged by the narrator that there had never been a death more foretold, and yet no one was able or willing to stop of it. All of us who reported from Eastern Europe in 1989, which Chris Hedges did, knew the consequences of provoking Russia, and yet few have raised their voices to halt the madness. The methodical steps towards war took on a life of their own, moving us like sleepwalkers towards disaster. Once NATO expanded into Eastern Europe, the Clinton administration promised Moscow that NATO combat troops would not be stationed in Eastern Europe, the defining issue of the 1997 NATO-Russia Founding Act on Mutual Relations. This promise, again, turned out to be a lie. Then in 2014, the U.S. backed a coup against the Ukrainian President Viktor Vanukichov, sorry I mispronounced the shit out of that, who sought to build an economic alliance with Russia rather than the European Union. Of course, once integrated into the European Union, as seen in the rest of Eastern Europe, the next step is integration into NATO. Russia, spooked by the coup, alarmed at the overtures by the EU and NATO, then annexed Crimea, largely populated by Russian speakers, and the death spiral that led us to the conflict currently underway in Ukraine became unstoppable. The war state needs enemies to sustain itself. When an enemy can't be found, an enemy is manufactured. Putin has become, in the words of Senator Augustus King, the new Hitler out to grab Ukraine and the rest of Eastern Europe. The full-throated cries for war echoed shamelessly by the press are justified by draining the conflict of historical conflict. Excuse me by draining the conflict of historical context, by elevating ourselves as the saviors and whoever we oppose from Saddam Hussein to Putin as the new Nazi leader. I don't know where this will end up. We must remember, as Putin reminded us, that Russia is a nuclear power. We must remember that once you open the Pandora's box of war, it unleashes dark and murderous forces no one can control. I know this from personal experience. The match has been lit. The tragedy is that there was never any dispute about how the conflagration would start. Okay. Yeah, this stuff's been going on for a long time. And the U.S. seems to be doing everything it can to make things worse. Not just for the Ukrainians, but for the people here in the U.S. and all, all over the planet. Important to note, the BBC, uh, actually some decent coverage here from the BBC, Ukraine, Ukraine, watching the war on Russian TV, a whole different story. No big surprise, you know, the Russians have propaganda, just like we have propaganda here in the U.S. And uh, they give some good examples here, you know. It's kind of, you know, kudos to the BBC for showing how... Old footage, you know, stuff has been edited, doctored, changed up to make it look like modern footage. But here, you know, this is an example of a 
trashed military vehicle from 2014 and they edited the video to make it look like it was a recent, uh, you know, recent footage, but actually it's seven, eight years old. On Russia 1 and Channel 1, Russia's two most popular channels, both state-controlled, Ukrainian forces are accused of war crimes in the Donbass region. The threat to civilians in Ukraine comes not from Russian forces, but from Ukrainian nationalists, says the Russia 1 presenter. They use civilians as a human shield, deliberately positioning strike systems in residential areas and stepping up the shelling of cities in Donbass. Channel 1's presenter announces that Ukrainian troops are preparing to shell residential houses and bomb warehouses with ammonia in acts of provocation against civilians and Russian forces. On Russian TV, the events in Ukraine are not referred to as war. Instead, the offensive is described as a demilitarization operation targeting military infrastructure or a special military operation to defend the people's republics. Across state-controlled TV, presenters and correspondents use emotive language and images to draw historical parallels between Russia's special military operation in Ukraine and the Soviet Union's fight against Nazi Germany. The tactics of nationalists who use children to shield themselves have not changed since the Second World War, says the presenter of a morning show on Russia 1's sister channel, Russia 24. They behave like fascists in the very sense of the word. Neo-Nazis put their hardware not just next to residential houses, but where children take shelter in basements, adds the correspondent in a video report captioned, Ukrainian fascism. Okay. How about we just stop fighting wars? How about that? That would be simple. But sadly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in Russia, you know, they're doing censorship, just like here in the U.S., censorship, just like all over the world. For example, in the Czech Republic, in the Czech Republic, Consortium News reporting uh, yesterday, jail time for Czechs agreeing with Russian intervention. The Supreme State Prosecutor's Office of the Czech Republic has warned Czech citizens that they can be imprisoned for agreeing with Russia's military operation in Ukraine, reports Joe Laria. Interesting read there, yeah. No matter how bad we have it here in the U.S. with censorship and so forth, it could be worse, as exemplified by what we're seeing in the Czech Republic right now. My personal opinion on the Ukraine situation, I think all in all it's a distraction and an excuse. I said as much in my recent TikTok video, the one that got taken down. Of course, there's obviously a real conflict going on over there we don't know exactly what's going on because you know you can you can look at the russian propaganda you can look at the western propaganda you can see the coverage in all sorts of different sources and we still don't really know exactly what's going on there so it's sad but again all in all i think uh you know my personal opinion is that the u.s and the russia have been partners in crime for a long time and when we read books like uh the real anthony fauci by robert f kennedy jr read books like COVID 19 and the global predators we are the prey by peter r bregan md and his wife ginger bregan gives me cause to believe gives me reason to believe 
that powerful forces, whether elected officials, non-governmental organizations, big corporations, billionaires, they see the writing on the wall. They know the U.S. empire is going to follow other empires into the dustbin of history, and they're positioning themselves accordingly to profit and gain more power by aiding the process of destroying this once great nation. Of course, U.S. not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we do have this thing called the Constitution. And throughout American history, people have enjoyed this little thing called freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press, the right to keep and bear arms. Right? Those of us trying to see through the spin, get the truth out there, are fighting for freedom. Just like the trucker convoys in Canada and the U.S. and New Zealand and Australia and all over the world. Okay? We're not going to be free. We're not going to be truly free until we live in a civilization where the truth prevails over lies, where people are held accountable for their dastardly deeds and destructive actions. So I encourage all of you, keep speaking up. Keep reading. Keep informing yourself. Stay positive about it all. Remember, things could be way worse. And let's look at our recent successes. Okay, the COVID pandemic, you know, bioweapon. Really breaks my heart to see so many people acquiesce to the sketchy injections, but that was their personal choice. Fortunately, a lot of the mandates, the vax mandates and things are falling to the wayside. And that's a direct result of people speaking up and calling bullshit. You know, Adam Yauk of the Beastie Boys had a great lyric once. He said, dark is not the absence of light. Or, dark is not the opposite of light. It is the absence of light. So let's keep shining light into that darkness and exposing it, you know. Let's go. Mog Farts, episode seven, in the can. I'm calling it a day. I don't know what I'm going to do. I think, uh, well, I should try to make some money. Got to make some money. You want to support my work? Please do so. I promise you I will do more shows like this if I can get more subscribers over there at realmaxmogren.substack.com. I know times are hard. I know money is tight. But if you, you know, if you listen to me talk for an hour, hook a brother up. Let's go. You see these people, you know, it's amazing. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a beard. People don't think I'm very reputable. Maybe because I take it a little further than other folks. But you see all these folks, you know, good example, Alex Berenson. The guy's got tens of thousands of paid subscribers. And he's not giving us the whole truth. He's giving us a limited hangout take. A limited hangout, controlled opposition, COVID contrarian perspective. At least that's my opinion of him. See folks like uh, Tim Dillon, the comedian. Funny guy. Funny guy. Funny, funny guy. But he's not getting to the heart of the matter any more than... A lot of other folks out there. And he's got tens of thousands of paid subscribers too. 
Why can't I get any paid subscribers? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to keep doing what I do. Rest assured, I'll do a lot more of it if I can make a living at it. I know money's tight. But what? I think it's 100 bucks to subscribe to my Substack for the year. Works out to about 33 cents a day. I'm pretty sure you can pull that out of your couch cushions. And it really does help, you know. I'll get by no matter what. No matter what the world throws at us, I will get by. But I will put a lot more time and effort and produce a lot more content if I can at least cover my expenses of doing so. You know, the cost of internet access and equipment for the podcast and coffee, good old coffee, all that stuff. So yeah, if you feel like it, pitch in. Shout out to Molly Hughes, subscriber. Shout out to Nancy NXT, founding member. And we got one more founding member in here. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. On that note, I'm signing off for today. Y'all have a lovely day. Take care of yourselves and the ones you love. I'm going to take the dog for a ski, even though the snow sucks. and It's damn near 50 degrees out there, but, you know, make the best of it. <sighs> Y'all have a lovely day. Thanks for tuning in. Mock Farts, number seven, signing off. Oh, also, today, I uh, while I was researching the show, I did a little experiment and did uh, Mock Farts Pirate Radio, episode one. Or basically, while I was going through the news of the day, sorting things out, reading, planning out uh, what I wanted to share with y'all today, I was playing some music. Today, it was a bunch of classic hip-hop. And uh, if you want to see what I do to prepare for a show and listen to some classic hip-hop, check out Mogfire's Pirate Radio, episode one. It's only going to be up on my Telegram because I, you know, I can't post that on Facebook or uh uh, maybe I'll put it up on, I know I can't put it up on YouTube or Facebook or uh, Spotify. So that one's probably just going to be on my Telegram. Maybe I'll be able to put it up on my personal blog too, but I'm not sure. But t.me forward slash Mogfarts. It'll be called MFPR, Mogfarts Pirate Radio. I think I'll try to sh share it to the the Pirate Bay too. We'll see if that works. Could be cool to put things up there as well. Anyway, enough of my blabbering. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. One love. And fuck war. Fuck war. Peace.